0: Wow. I was watching a, a thing. I, I had a few days of, of prayer and meditation over on the coast, um, over at Lincoln City. And so uh, I was watching a, an interview with Jeff Foxworthy, which many of you know him. You know you're a redneck if you mow your lawn and find cars you'd thought you thought were lost four years ago. You might be a redneck. You might be a redneck if you climb a water tower with a spray can to defend your sister's honor. You might be a redneck if your mama gets in one or more fist fights per week at, at high school events, you know. And so Jeff put out a lot of clean comedy, but he's a very devout believer. And I think Jeff lives in Atlanta, and he has a, a, he, he, he and another brother, they go and they have a Bible study for homeless guys every week. And so they're, they're, they're giving out. And so he had on uh, Ravi Zacharias... And Dennis Prager. Dennis Prager is, a, is an observant Jew. Ravi is one of the greatest uh, thinkers in, in Christianity, just wonderful. And, and Ravi and, and, and uh, Dennis are really close. And so they were asking at the end of this uh, interview that I watched, and you can look it up on, on YouTube if you want to watch it. It was about an hour and 15 minutes. Just uh, Google or just YouTube, uh, Dennis Prager, Ravi Zacharias, Jeff Foxworthy, and it'll take you right to it. But they asked Dennis, they said, Dennis, with all the the pressures coming on society, uh, what gives you hope? And Dennis said, talking to young people and seeing the young people, how they're, uh, they're hearing these principles gives me hope. I like a bumper sticker that I saw a number of years ago. It said, Every time a baby is born, God said there's a future. <laughs> How many of you know it's easy to say, Hey, it's all over. Uh, life is bad and it's going to get worse. And, or, you know, the old song we used to sing years ago Life is filled with guns and wars. Everyone got trampled on the floor. Well, you know, could somebody actually win the game and not get trampled on the floor? How many of you really want to believe that God can do a great thing in your family, God can, can keep us all saved, God can keep us with a vision, and so if we hear what God has for us, it can be good for us, and we can touch the closest thing to immortality while being a mortal being. How many of you know there's a God, A, B, you're not him? That's, that's a great awareness. A, there's a God. B, you're not him. But the Bible teaches that, that immortality in a mortal plane is by spreading your faith to people so that the faith lives on, the reproduction of disciples happens. Older people brought me to Jesus. Older people discipled me. I've discipled older people people my age, and younger people, and we have a whole bevy of them that are young and young, and we love to get them young. Bring your babies. Bring your toddlers. Bring your infants. Bring your junior high kids. We will not be bummed out because they're here. We will be bummed out if you don't have a vision to know why we want them here. Because when you can change a person's life from young on up, you can change generations behind you. The closest things that we have in touching immortality is because how many of you know your earth suit has to be spackled, painted, and and various things that we do to to look good? I mean, if you're a man and you actually your wife, she'll say, no, I can't go shopping because I don't have my face on yet. (laughs) You know, what about poor people? They try to learn English. You know, this woman can't go because her face is gone she has to put it on. The reason is, is because, see, our, our body is, as Paul said, our body is perishing. Your, your, your body, from the day you're born, there's, there's almost like a tam, time stamp on approximately when you'll die. Most likely, my, my grandson, Wesley, who was born a month ago, he, he will probably not live over 100 years. But guess what? Hopefully Wesley will be so touched by the, the pastoring that his mom and dad give him, so touched by the influence of all of us believers, that Wesley will get infected with raising his kids right and, 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 and passing on the gospel. We can change the world if we'll understand that love is to help somebody else. It's to quit looking in the mirror, wondering about your own hair and nails, I wonder what people at my Connect group think of me. What should they think about you? You're a dirt bag. You should go to hell, but you've been saved by grace like the rest of us dirt bags. Let's get some fun back into dysfunctionalism. Did you have red meat for breakfast? I had an egg at the Dream Center thing and some oatmeal. This is my life message. This is what burns in my heart. Every day I live, I'm I'm caught between heaven and hell to save families, to love families, to ask people to actually study your own children, actually know your own children. Well, I sure hope that somebody takes care of my kids. I don't know. I don't think anybody else in here was at the conception of my children, but I was. And if I was there to conceive them, I need to be there to watch those babies grow up and to love them. And if I get tired of caring for my kids, an 18 is not the cutoff date. Let me tell you, the cutoff date, for quit loving your children and pastoring them is when you hit the flip top box, when we put you in the casket, then you can quit loving the people that God's assigned to you. Until then, keep your eyes on your fries or the McBurglar's is going to come in and swipe them. Man, I am all full of preach today. I've got notes here, but God help me if I even get one or two of them down. We've been looking at a theme. I love my city, I love my church. I love my city, I love my church. Let me just say this, the church is universal. Everywhere where believers call on the name of the Lord and begin to practice the sacraments, faith is flourishing. Let me just say this, contrary to what we're seeing in America, The church is spreading like crazy in China, Indonesia, Malaysia, Sri Lanka, India, all over the world. What the Lord said, that the knowledge of the Lord shall cover the earth as the water covers the sea. Let me just say this. We are not losing the game. We are facing a backslidden nation, but tough beans. We have our job assignment, but the church is spreading all over the world. And so we see that that when we say I love my church, my church is is Joy Christian Fellowship is my local assignment. This is the the battalion, the the troop I'm to uh, work with. And I believe everyone should be planted. I think if you are married to all women, you're married to no women. If you're, if you're just one of those, well, I go to Applegate because I really like the baptisms and the amphitheater, but I go to Joy because I like seeing the young people, and then I also go to, you know, the first far-baptized Virgin Lutheran of, uh, of the redeemed uh, Unitarian Church. Come on now, if you're going to all the churches, you, you, you're not going to any church, The best thing you can do if you want to be God's gift to all women is marry one and just settle down and be a good example for all the other women. That's what a man that loves his wife looks like. That's what it means to raise a good family. That's what it means to work through things. That's what it means to lock together the husband and wife and endure difficulties and keep a good spirit and don't lose your faith. How many of you know that I love all women, therefore I'm going to stick with the one that God assigned me, and therefore then I can be a good example. I love the universal church, but you know, you cannot be planted everywhere. If you think you're planted everywhere, you're planted nowhere. So when we look at I love my city, I love my church, I don't want to sound like, okay, everything's here to build joy up. No, truth will build everybody up. Even if you're coming in here and you're from a different church, these principles can carry over. Love, love your church, love where, you're, you know, you're able to build and care and pray and, and, and practice the sacraments together. And so this series has been, I love my church, I love my city, and today we're on the, on the theme of, because I love my city, I'm willing to sacrifice for the next generation. Gino told me, he said, Dad, um, you know, just a little heads up on your next sermon. You sounded angry last sermon. <laughs> okay Gino I'm going to try how do you know John the Baptist preached angry a lot and Jesus preached really sweet until he kicked over your tables man he'd knock your cash <laughs> I'm a money changer man yeah I know there's your money it's rolling down the thing you're not acting Christ like Jesus <laughs> but you know what I can't stop being a little angry, because I don't believe in abandoning your babies on the sidewalk. Youth face something that is so terrible. So many people are strung out and addicted on self-worship. They forget they even have kids. I'm just thinking about me. If you knew the battle in my mind, you know what? There's sometimes you just have to say, skip the battle in my mind. How about the battle in the word, which says that God will give you a song in the night. Get up and make some pancakes and love somebody else. You want to feel better about the craziness up in your gourd? Listen to someone else tell their story. Children, family, your mate. It's a great place to start. I want to be a great man of God. How are you doing with Kim? I'm going to be honest with you. Everybody's got a song and a dance, and they've got a, a glossy thing about their ministry. I don't, even, I don't even bother with that malarkey. I want to look at their wife, I want to look at their kids because that was the that was the grid that Paul said he said listen if a man can't rule his own household well how can he lead the house of God see it's easy to get christian information how you know you get on the internet man you can get christian information and good stuff i'm not talking about trash there's trash too but you can get bible gateway you can get but having real fathers and mothers among us that that takes actual flesh right God wants us to be more than talking, chatty, Kathy, Christian answer people. He wants us to be people who are committed to the next generation. Yeah, yeah. Abraham, you're going to have offspring like the stars of the heavens and like the sand of the sea. Stars of the heaven were going to be his spiritual offspring, which through Jesus Christ, the seed of Abraham, man, that family is going Crazy. Let me tell you good news. There's going to be something better than even our dream team picnic with the with the uh, uh, Carolina da- the Big Daddy Carolina sauce and pulled pork. There's going to be a marriage supper of the Lamb, and the good news is there won't be one chair empty. <laughs> yeah. Well, what happens if I just up and backslide? Oops, maybe maybe you don't make it, but it doesn't mean they're going to have an empty chair. So there's something that is an incentive for me. Stay with God because I want to be at the Married Supper of the Lamb with my portion, looking down and saying, you know, there's some of these here that I was able to just, you know, tell the truth to, bring them in with me. Sacrifice for the next generation. One of the worst bumper stickers that I've ever seen is behind a motor home and it says, we're spending our grandchildren's inheritance. I shouldn't be a preacher because I'm too nasty. And I just have bad thoughts when I read that. It's not even funny to me. Leave it there. Let's read some scripture. First Chronicles chapter 29, verses 1 and 2. Then King David turned to the entire assembly and said, My son Solomon whom God has clearly chosen as the next king of Israel, he is still young and inexperienced. The work ahead of him is enormous, for the temple he will build is not for mere mortals. It is for the Lord God himself. Using every resource at my command, I have gathered as much as I could for building the temple of my God. Now there is enough gold, silver, bronze, iron, and wood, as well as great quantities of onyx, other precious stones, costly jewels, and all kinds of fine stone and marble. We see here that, that David had a grown son. Solomon wasn't like, you know, 17. He's grown. And his dad is not trying to mock him or humiliating. But see, men of God, if they read scripture and they actually catch it, are three generation minimal people. There's this blessing will be upon you, this gift of the Holy Spirit will be upon you, your children, your children's children, and as many as the Lord our God will call. Three generation is our operational blackboard at all times. Every decision that the Schmelzer household makes, we make it with three generations in mind. We bought timeshares so that 100-year timeshares. Kim and I paid them off. Why? Because we want the babies, to not have to worry about that. They've got to go pay when they go to a resort. Three generations in mind. We're living in a big old barn, you know, all told about 4,000 square feet. So we huddled up and we said, well, we can charge ahead or we can retreat. A lot of guys at my age are trying to get out of ministry. Kim and I have made a decision. The battle wage is so strong that our vacation is going to come in a flip-top box. We are not looking to retreat. I will not be the senior pastor probably more than about eight years because I'm already starting to mumble when I talk. I saw that in that announcement with Sasquatch behind me. <laughs> I couldn't tell if that was Sasquatch or Don Turseff. They look so much alike, you know. <laughs> gotcha, Donnie. Anyway... So what do we say? You know, we said God gave us this big barn so we can use it for the glory of God. So we remodeled enough for six extra guys to live on our grounds, and we can pour into them. Hello? Naked, you came into the earth. Naked, you're going out of here. Naked, if you're from the south. One, one short life will soon be passed. That which is done for Christ will last. Our decisions. David is saying in front of the congregation, he said, you know what? My son is going gonna to do it. And I've gathered. He gave nearly $3 billion worth of gold as we looked at. Nearly $100 million worth of silver. He said, I've gathered and I've used every resource at my command to help my inexperienced son. Did we get that first principle up there? But that's not the only time in the scripture, in this chapter where he's dealing with thinking about the next generation, skipping down to verse 18 and 19 in David's prayer after they had rejoiced over the, the great offering that came in, not only the three plus billion dollars that he had given of resource, but all of a sudden his elders got up and they gave for the building of the temple. But Solomon knew hey, kids need coaching. My son, he's inexperienced and I've done everything I can do to put it out there for them. Kim and I realized this that you know that we we may not leave a huge amount of money uh, for the kids, but what we, we wanted to give them was a living inheritance. There's nothing like putting in principles of success and victory and optimism in your kids. That, that is a lot better than an extra $150,000. How many of you know <laughs> you, can, you can go through one guy that we knew. He and his wife went through $2 million inheritance partying in one year. Boy, did they live large for a year. Okay. Then they got saved, which they did. No known some had some sense. So the thing is, if you put value into your people, then even if they don't end up with a big cash payout, they've got a life payout which then becomes exponential through the generations. David is praying here in First Chronicles twenty nine, eighteen. He said, O Lord, the God of our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel three generations make your people always want to obey you david you weren't really getting caught up in how much money you gave you weren't even saying it was all about you we know that in your prayer before god stopped you and said david i see your heart to build me a house but i'm going to have your son do it the david because you care for my house i'm going to get up in your household So many here can tell of the beauty. Miguel and Rosa. Kids, you guys gave your heart to the Lord. And he said, hey, Zias', you love my house, I love yours. David, you love my house, I'm going to give you a house that will be a perpetual reigning. Jesus is the son of David. David's dynasty is permanent. And here's David. This is why I think God can give someone a permanent. Everybody that's psychotic over their own problems never brings forth much fruit. I throw out flame-burning statements. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to pick a fight to where you'll come and see me privately. Then I'll really get you. If you're always psychotic over what you feel and who's hurt you, I've never seen that kind of an individual, if they don't repent, I've never seen them bring forth fruit. Fruit is born when the fruit tree quits thinking about where it's at, but it puts its root down, it gets the moisture, it gets the nutrients, and it just sits there, gnarly and all, putting out fruit. But what we do as trees of righteousness, we're so caught up in raiding how how are they treating me at Connect Group? How's this going on? How's my hair? How's my nails? And, and 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 how do I feel today? The more that you're oriented on how you feel, you'll you you cannot bring forth fruit and maturity because you've got to look outside yourself to get into the zone where God dwells. If God was caught up in his own thing, he would not have tolerated any of us or all of us. But he looked beyond and he said, No. There's something that I'm going to harvest out of this. I'm going to have a willing group of people and every seat will be filled in the marriage supper of the Lamb. And so David is praying, make your people always want to obey you. See to it that their love for you never changes. Give Solomon the wholehearted desire to obey all your commands, laws and decrees, and to do everything necessary to build this temple for which I have made these preparations. See, he's praying that... Solomon would be spiritually dialed in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump up in your grill and tell you something that makes me mad. I hear people whose kids aren't walking with the Lord, but they're making money, and I'll talk to Christian parents, and they'll say, I say, how's uh, this child doing? Oh, they're doing good. Oh, so they're like plugged into a church somewhere. They're loving God. Oh, no, 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 they, no, 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 that, that part, they're not doing good. That's the only freaking part that actually matters. I will tell you what I would feel. And what I feel when I even find people from the church that turn away from God. I feel like that scene from one of the Hawaiian movies where the, the king he loses the the queen and he takes his face and smashes it on a rock and knocks his own teeth out from grief. I don't see anybody get saved at joy to see him lose the game. When my wife travailed and she brought forth those four kids and we blessed them, I didn't have one for the devil not one not one and i hear people saying their children are doing okay and i'm saying are you born again or are you such a carnal christian that your rating is so low that you're just one you're just a christian atheist you want to go to heaven but but you're atheistic and and your assessment of what real value is John said I I love it and I think it's the book of either second John or third John he said I love it when I see some of my children walking in the truth People ask me Are you proud of your kids Am I proud that Natalie can play the guitar yeah that's pretty impressive but that's not what I'm proud of her Are You proud that Johnny is so gregarious and he's such a a connector. Well, that's cool. That's a neat little trick. What makes my heart leap is to hear my son sing and praise to God at 11 at night. To know that he trembles at the word of God. To see my daughter bawl her face off when she was lonely, but not compromise in her relationships. To watch my son go through hell as an associate pastor in a city and out of it be able to produce a church that's growing like crazy. To watch Gino turn his heart to the Lord and he and Allie caring about the next generation. The Jews say that gives me naches. It's a Yiddish word for great joy. That's what gave David naches. Concerning Solomon, was that he and his prayer was, God, let Solomon follow you. Let all the people follow you. How many of you know if we had these priorities, it would change the way we prayed? Well, you know, like uh, bring, uh, you know, bring uh, female or male in in due season. Let me tell you something. Can I tell you when the due season is? Today. Yesterday's even better. Do never get happy when your kids are not walking with God. Pray. Seek God. Number two. So the first principle is, is that David said, I've used every resource of my command to help my inexperienced son. Kim and I, we locked and loaded. We said, Pioneering a church and raising kids, we had to be skillful at times to make a church event look like a complete party and a vacation. And it worked. They all like to be at youth camp still. We found out we could go and we could go to Medford Oaks when we were nearly broke and we could sit out there and go to the swimming pool and act like we we're having as much fun as Disneyland. It's not how much money you have. It's what's your heart, what's your purpose, and what you do with the next generation. And are you sacrificing? If you look at our, at our living, you know, next generation is where my, my money is, my extra giving. It's towards circle youth. It's towards reaching young people. We made a decision that we were going to go after youth generation who incidentally, in case you guys don't know it, you're not the biggest givers here. And you break things, turkeys. Uh, We made a decision to go after young people for the kingdom's sake and not go after the money. Not just produce another baby boomer age church, we went after the next generation. Where do we learn that from? We learn it from the father, we learn it from David that you use your resources to reach the next generation. Number two, children and believers arrive inexperienced. 1 Peter 2, verses 2 and 3 says, Like newborn babes, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness or you've tasted that the Lord is good. You know, Sometimes folks don't want to put up with other people. Well, you know, they're immature. Duh. You know, have you ever been a babysitter? Usually it's it's very, very inexperienced and immature people. Otherwise, you wouldn't be paid to be a babysitter. People get saved. They don't know. Years ago, my friend Billy, who ended up becoming a tremendous man of God and a tremendous businessman... And Billy came to, to, to Sunday night testimony service, and he said, Hey, you know, my wife and I, we, we had a lid of dope, and it was taped under a toilet bowl. And, uh, and uh, you know, we were wondering if we should uh, just flush it or sell, sell it and give the money to the missionaries. <laughs> now, I'm a church kid, man. I'm in crisis. You know, what's he got? Oh, oh, no. Because if the Lord told him to sell it, I know the devil's taking over this church. Everything's rotten, you know. And so, so he goes, yeah, we prayed and we felt like we were just a flush it. there is a God, you know, I felt good. Well, that's not how Billy ended up. He passed away a few years ago as a tremendous man of God and, and a pillar in a local church here. But, you know, new believers don't know the answers. That's why we take the time say, hey, let's do some discipleship, the purple book or scripture memorization. Or, or And we encourage people, hey, go to Connect Group. Come to every meeting you can. So we can do what? We can drain the swamp of ignorance and fill it with knowledge of the Lord, and we can all grow up together. And so we find that, that this is one of the keys of being a good parent and being a good a good uh, discipler is realizing, you're, you know, it's always about training. Kim and I are totally addicted to that. We train strangers. We'll be in an airport and someone comes up and they're leaned up talking to us about their life. And we go, well, here's how it works. And we just, what do you plan on doing the day before you die? Probably that. Children and new believers arrive inexperienced. Number three, a good parent works to aid the inexperienced. Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, direct your children onto the right path. And when they're older, they'll not leave it. What's the right path? It's the one that Deuteronomy chapter 6 says, you need to be walking. You know, the kids will tell you. We never felt like we were victims of this church. Have we had ups and downs of joy? One might say. Have we had people, one time I was talking to Jake, we had, we went from 205 to 35 in three easy messages. And I sat my 10-year-old son down and I said to him, I said, uh, Jake, are you aware right now a lot of guys hate, hate daddy? Yeah, dad. I said, do you? He had to think about it. No? (laughs) I love you, dad. I said, good, that's two of us. I love me too. And I said, we're gonna make it through this. Later on, Kim prayed for him because he was really in sorrow over all of his friends that he'd left. But guess what? Not one of the kids came up thinking that, man, my mom and dad are victims of the church and we hate, we hate the church, we hate God's people because of what they did to mom and dad. One of the reasons that that's not true is because I'll fight back. If you roll in here real hot and stupid and arrogant, you're going to find out I can meet you right at that point. If you want to talk nice, I want to talk nice. But I'm not going to be a victim. I'm not going to teach my kids, hey, we're victimized by working for God. And all four of them have chosen to go into Christian vocation as the way they make their money. So that's, to me, it's pretty awesome. That's taking the inexperienced and walking the path with them. Guys, I want to just tell you something. Don't dump your kids on the youth group. If the youth are here on Wednesday nights, you want to be a good example? Well, I work. Oh yeah, I know, us at the staff, we don't work. Well, I'm tired, so are we. We get tired every day. What's that got to do with me being an example? I sure wish I could raise kids like like you do. You can't because you won't do what I do. When you will do what I'll do, you can get what I've got. And that is, don't be a blooming Pharisee and big loud chat and Christian answer person and this is what y'all ought to do. No, we don't want to hear, we want to see your tail move in that direction. Walk it. Walk with me, Jake. Walk with me, Natalie. Walk with me, Johnny and Gino. And walk with me, disciples. Walk with me, Skylar. Walk with me. As we walk the ways and you see modeled in front of you. This is how you love your wife. This is how you look at a big mountain of debt and you don't just walk away from it, but you say, I did it, I'll pay for it. Hard times come, you don't leave town. It goes against you. Popularity's really at a low ebb in the church. Well, it's time to go look for a fresh work. I want to tell you something, there's no fresh work. This stale old work's the one that God told me. Lash yourself to it. When I look at joy and I go, oh my God, I don't even like that church anymore myself. You know what the Lord says? What's that got to do with your, your, your commission? You go pray yourself happy and you go and you model what it's like to stay committed through the dry seasons and the rainy seasons, through the forest fires and the smoke in the valley, Hang in there, because guess what? Train up a child in the way he should go. Then when he's old, he won't depart. Kids just didn't, they just didn't see quitters. They saw cussers. That was me. Screamer. Man, I I can just holler about stuff. Ah, I'm not going to quit. Some of you can relate to that. That's your personality. You're going through a hard time. You're like, ah. did they lose their mind? No, no, they're just working it out. Just working it out. How you know it's okay? Sometimes, bring your complaint before the Lord. Do you know what complaint means? Complaint. What's bugging you? Lord, we got to talk this out. Lord, I'm so mad at you, I could quit. I did that one time to the Lord and I heard him chuckle. <laughs> Where would you go? I said, You're right, Father. I can't go anywhere. I thought it was nice to shake you up a little bit, though. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard that one before. Anyway, is this making sense? Number four a good parent doesn't humiliate or ignore the child, but attends to them where they're at. Talk to your children. One side doesn't fit all for your children. What Natalie's walking through is different than Johnny, which is different than Gino, which is different than Jake, which is different than Skylar, it's different than George, and the other disciples Everybody's had a different a different you know a different cadence in their walk with God. And good coaching is play the players that are on the field. Okay, Johnny, let's let's pray together. What what are you looking to do? Are we gonna lose you to in India, or are you gonna stick around here? Right? How many of you know Johnny loves being in India. Natalie likes being in Cabo. Okay. Here's the curse that's even hit the, the Christian church. People don't understand that children are body, soul, and spirit. And, and so they let the school feed them intellectually, which is scary. They let the world and television and media feed them emotionally. And then they're wondering why spiritually they're bereft of virtue. you gotta, You got to stick in there and just say, hey... Nope. I'm going to keep my eyes on the fry or the McBurglar is going to come in and steal them. So that means that prayerfully, I want a prophetic readout of A, where my kids are going and B, where they're at along the trail. I seek to do that with my elders. I seek to do that with this church. Lord, it's great. We've got a great history. What's that got to do with today? Lord, give us guidance for wisdom for this path right now. And so Ephesians 6, 4 says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and, and instruction that comes from the Lord. Okay. If you've ever been around scorners, it's 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 so terrible. I saw a situation where a woman in front of her grown son said, this was my stupid one. I don't want to tell you what I want to say, but it would sound something like this. No, I think I've talking to the stupid one. You don't, you don't, you don't tear someone down. We're all, we're all different. Some people are really gifted in certain things and they're not gifted in others. And guess what? The love of God says as a parent, pastor and love for the virtue that God's placing in. I wanted to hear and Kim wanted to hear what God's positive plan for the children was. And we didn't we didn't sweat the fact that maturity takes time. I'm going to finish in a hurry here. I'm just caught up in all this, you know. God is a three generation God. He said, I want you to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hmm. This whole three thing is like really weird because, you know, David is praying. He said, oh Lord, the God of our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. No wonder the Jews are long-term planners because they've always been raised with three generations. No wonder joy is unusual because you guys, if you're around here, you will hear me always talk to you. Do not make one plan in your life. It doesn't involve three generations. Or just be another narcissistic, self compelled American, obsessed with yourself. And burn up the emotional, spiritual, and financial inheritance that God wants for your children and grandchildren and all those that you can touch. God's a three generation God. And then finally, we are to bless all the families of the earth. Genesis chapter 12, I won't read the whole thing, but God spoke to Abram. He said, I want you to leave where you're at. Every believer needs to leave the old mindset, which means for for Jake and Gino and Natalie and all my kids, we tell them, hey, I think we've lived in a good land with mom and I. Don't stop here. Greatest gift that you can do is mom and I running hard after you as you're going for God. And mom and I saying, Oh God, Lord, I think we're half backslid. We need to get back in the game. It's not honoring for me to have my sons and daughters park at that off ramp that I've stopped at. Keep going. Your real daddy's father God. I was just the assigned one. Go after God. And that's what God was saying to Abram. Saying He wasn't putting down Abram's dad. He said, I just want you to go to a new place where there's going to be some new challenges, some new awareness, and there's going to be some new opportunity, but you can't have what you're going to get if you keep clinging to what you have. Right. And so he was going to have mind and spiritual transformation, and so he started moving on. And that's what God, that's my prayer for every family here, is Lord, let every Family, be blessed like Abraham as you lead them into a new promised land and open up things that they don't see yet. And so he said this. He said, I'm going to make you a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who uh, treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. I'd like all the families on the earth to be blessed through me. That's why I don't seek outside engagements. I don't need to go preach somewhere. You know why? Because I got somewhere to preach. I don't need to be going here and there. I tell people, I'm not coming to your country unless I hear God tell me to come. Because you know why? Because I have, an, I have a disease. It's called Friendship. And and to me friendship means when I break bread with you and we establish a friendship you own me. Part of me dies with every new friendship because I know what it costs to love them with all your heart. And so there there's a few people that you know, well I want to go here and I want to go there. I want to go where the Father sends me. I want to be a blessing to all the families of the earth. So that's why I took off my jetpack and I say let it be here, Lord. Let it be right here where you planted me. Let it be through the wife that you gave me. Let it be through the offspring. Let it be through the sons and daughters. And as we're moving into church planting, and we're just getting started, babies. This thing's going to get crazy up in here. We're going to plant churches all over. And our churches that we plant are going to be doing the same. But I'll tell you what, it never happens when you got your eyes on the earth and you neglect your home. Work it out at home. Work out that discipline. Work out that virtue at home. And so so Abraham was told, all the families on the earth will be blessed through you. And many people think, well, that means that uh, that was cool for Abraham. Well, you're not off the hook. Galatians chapter 329 says, and now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are, are his heirs, And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Let me just put it in clear terms. Luke, for you and Emily, you and Christ, oh my gosh, do you realize the weight of this? Dude, you just thought you were going to play bass, look pretty, there's more to it. You're offspring of Abraham. And for you and Emily, you've got to be aware, this whole earth depends on you walking in God's grace and blessing. And as you bleed out that virtue, all the families receive the rain. How many of you know that our collective prayers and intercession are watering nations that are drier than cracker juice right now? Your obedience in Medford is changing people in Afghanistan. You say, well, I don't even have any tie there. Your prayers go up into the mix in the heavens. How many of you say, man... I was going to go pay for DNA.com, but I know what my heritage is. I'm a child of Abraham. And that promise that all the families of the earth would be blessed through him is yours. That's your mandate. Okay, it's time to finish. I know, I know you're saying, please keep on going. That ache in my stomach, and I know the Baptists are at Burger Wampum, and they're getting that big double juicy bacon and cheeseburger in front of me. But good news, in and out has a lot of food left. Okay. The conclusion. What we instill in our children would be the foundation upon which they build their future. I've tried to make this a duel. I don't just want to talk about natural children. Some people, they get past or they feel like their kids are so far gone. Well, I guess... The cat's out of the bag. I don't have anybody to care for it. Yeah, you do. Because you're called to have spiritual offspring. Spiritual offspring. Maybe you don't have too many natural sands of the earth. But why would you stop there? How many of you you have come to Jesus Christ through the ministry of Johnny, reaching you guys? You got saved through Johnny? No, you're already Christian? Okay, how about you, Ronnie? Okay, they're a bad example. Okay. So many, so many people have come here because a guy that's not married goes out and says, hey, I've got to, I've got to share the gospel and, and bring sons and daughters to the Lord. How many have seen that about Johnny, that, that he does that? And, and, and I believe that you and I are doing the same. We're saying, hey, Lord, let me, Bring forth offspring lest I die. Let's stand up. Anytime that you preach a message like this, most every family has some prodigals prodigal or maybe, maybe all of them. The word of God should bring you to despair. In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. His train filled the temple and the angels were flying around saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And he said, I said, I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the land of people of unclean lips. The word of God many times deconstructs, absolutely makes you feel chastened, hopeless, and then it constructs. Many churches today never work on the deconstruction and and therefore the foundations remain faulty. You have to undo the wrong to get the right. The very heart of what I'm teaching today, and I, I don't know if it was clear or muddy, is that if you're always about you, you've missed the foundation of Christianity. The foundation of Christianity is, I got you, Philippian jailer but I'm going to save you and your household I saved you not so you can go to meetings and get glory upon glory but I got you in the glory cloud so you can leave the glory cloud and get where it's naughty and loud and you can share with people that Jesus is a way out you're dealing with spiritually blind and deaf people And you preach the gospel in that pack and you don't know who's going to hear, but God opens ears and he opens eyes and you'll find that people you never think would come to Christ are the ones that say, I need God, amen, I need God. We are so tempted as American Christians to make everything about our personal blessing that we forget we're blessed to bless others. That if you wanna look at your witness, look at, look at your children, if you've got prodigals, every, every day that you talk to them, you don't have to tell them, you know you're not right with God, but you need to have a testimony, a testimony of what God is doing, and, and keep talking to them about the goodness of the Lord. And watch this, never give energy to the devil by a demonic prophecy that says they're doing okay. Anybody listen to me? Do not demonically prophesy over your children that are wayward and prophesy they're doing well. They're doing hellishly. The only people doing well are those that tremble at the word of God and are seeking the will of God. Not just because they got a new car, they're doing okay. Not just because they got a pay raise, are they doing okay? They're not doing okay. What will it profit a man if he gains the world but loses his own soul? For what will he exchange for his soul? I want to tell you something. These dead billionaires have none of their money with them. (coughs) And so this morning, as I'm finishing, and I will finish... Let's bow our our heads and close our eyes. The way to life comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and you thought, well, I've been doing pretty good. I kind of think some God thoughts from time to time and I'm here to be a, a good friend to you and say that's not enough. You've got to make Jesus Christ your Lord. You've got to acknowledge the death, the resurrection and the payment of what Jesus has done for you That God did the heavy lifting to bring you to himself. Jesus died to take away your sins and that will never be automatically applied. It is voice activated by someone calling on the name of the Lord and saying, God, I need to be saved. I need you, Father, to take away my sins. I believe in Jesus. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want to get right with God. I want to have that gift package of God in my life. If you're here today and you'd like to join the kingdom of God and you'd like Jesus to take away your sins and make you a new believer in Christ, or maybe you've been walking so wayward, you're backslidden and you'd like to come home to God, start raising your hands. I want to just pray with you and we'll pray together. If you're here today and you've not made Jesus Lord, who's the most dangerous? The religious people who think that good works makes you right with God. No, you must be born again. You must have a change from the inside that causes you to yearn for God. Not just ascribing to religious actions, but there's something about being born of God that's unique. Last call. If you're here and you say, man, I want in, raise your hands. If you are scared to raise your hand, I just want you to know wherever you call on the name of the Lord, you're going to, you be able to receive his forgiveness and his grace. Now for the rest of us, you can open up your eyes for a minute, and we're gonna pray and end the meeting. How many of you think I failed Gino's test? I kinda of, kinda of sounded real little invested in this, huh? Emotionally. Okay. I preached angry, right? It sound like I'm angry. Not angry at anybody. I like to win the game. You guys copping an attitude against the devil and taking your babies with you. I won't be around to see it, but the greatest thing that I could ever hear, if God would allow me to come back, is to come back in three four generations and see different ones saying, old man Kelly, he modeled. We became a new generation of Kellys because of our great grandpa, Skyler. He and great-grandma, they love God. They're a little rigid. When we tried to come up with fancy new alternatives to Christianity, the old man wouldn't break serve. Now there's a multitude of us. We still believe like Jeremiah 35, the sons of Rechab. This is what we do. This is what Kellys look like. This is what Willis's look like. This is what Schmelzer's look like. That's what I'm trying to give you. That's what I'm trying to get in your head. But you gotta want it, you gotta fight for it. You can't lie lies. When your kids aren't walking with God, act like it's all okay, it's not okay. Unless going to hell's okay with you, at which point you and I have no business together. We're we're, we're from different planets. Because to me, loving someone is not just to see them prosper financially, but to see them prosper spiritually in every other area. Could we lift up our hands? Let's ask the Lord for some help. Lord, we need your help today. You can cry out with me. Father, we want to be good examples for disciples. We want to be good examples for our children. Lord, we're in in a society that's looking for people to step up with a plan. And Lord, your plan is the plan that they need. Lord, I pray you'd pour out your Holy Spirit. Today I didn't feel that warm, frothy, lovey kind of a feeling but I felt passion and zeal for your house. Lord, because this is the temple of the living God are the people. I pray, Lord, we'd get the dirt out of the temple. We would purge that which is compromising and tearing us down. And Lord, we would hunger to stay fervent with our first love and what you called us to do. Thank you, Lord. I pray your blessing. Lord, these... Young families, God, and these young guys and girls that are going to get married at some point, help them, Lord. They're in the midst of such bad teaching. And I pray, Lord, you bring us into your word. The bad teaching coming from society and culture, it's, it's helping people to be destroyed, and your word is the way of life. Lord, I pray you'd bless each one. Build up your people with peace, I pray in Jesus' name.